Just before we get started, the Second Act Podcast would like to acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on Treaty 7 land inhabited by the Blackfoot Nations. This includes the Siksika, Pikani, and Kainai. We would also like to acknowledge the Sutsina and Stony Nakoda First Nations, as well as the Métis Nations and all people who make their home on Treaty 7 land in southern Alberta. But now that we've paid respects to people that were here before us, let's start the pod. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Second Act Podcast. Today's guest was super interesting and kind of something you really wouldn't expect a person to do, but it was really cool to listen to her story. Hey, Dad? Yeah, it was uh, new and different, I guess. And and after a few of the heavy ones that we've had around uh, mental health, it was kind of fun to talk to somebody who's doing something so different, like leading beer tastings and, and created a whole social media personality around um, beer. Yeah, and it's you listen in the pod and she's like... You listen to her job and how she talks about it, and she is a very smart lady. And, like, the way she talks about setting up this guy's birthday party with, like, the different palettes and how the beer goes with the different things. And it's really interesting to hear that because, for me, a beer tasting seems like a out-there idea because I'm a kid. So to hear someone explain that kind of stuff is really interesting. And she, she's so passionate about beer just to see how passionate she is about it is really cool. Yeah, well, and I thought that uh, it was super interesting how she talked about how she got into it and what are the some of the things that go into that kind of a, you know, a, a career that people may not think. Everyone thinks, oh, I love beer. I should help people enjoy beer as well. But it's like, man, there's way more to it than that. And uh, she's here to tell us about it. So without any further ado, please welcome Sandra Baker, the Beer Maven. Thank you so much, Gord. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on the Second Act podcast. There's nothing more I love than talking about beer. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's a, a huge, wide open thing, uh, subject that people like to talk about. And I think people think they can talk about it for days and days and days, but it actually uh, to do it for a living is something completely different. And, and you've decided that that's what you're going to do. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of interesting how it came about. It's definitely not my only job. I have a couple jobs, but it's it's my favorite one. It's my passion job, and it's definitely something that I'll find myself doing for hours and hours at a time. And I look at the clock, and it's two in the morning. So <laughs> that's that's how you know you found the right job, right? Yeah, I agree. So obviously, um, there's no you know there are courses you can take for stuff like this, but nobody in grade 11 and 12 goes to their guidance counselor and they say, well, have you thought about becoming, you know, a beer specialist? That's something that you kind of have to evolve into and, and find on your own. What, what led you to something like this and, and how did you end up out in Calgary doing that kind of thing? Well, I was born and raised uh, from the land of the red sand. Uh, so I'm from PEI, but I went to university and high school in New Brunswick actually. And um, I came out here in 1999 because that's what you did. East Coasters were coming out here to West. They, I was looking for just something a little different. I love my small town more than anything, but I just, you know, 19 years old, wanted to come out and, and have some fun and um, really uh, expand my horizon. I was working in oil and gas and at the time when I came out here in the 90s, and actually that's what led me to get into craft beer. I was about 2013, Gord, uh, 2014, when I lost my job in oil and gas, kind of around the time that a lot of people in Calgary were. And I found myself at home collecting EI for the first time in my life. 
I enjoy relaxation and living in the moment <laughs> and being calm, but I can only relax so much. I am the kind of person that needs to have five, 10, 20 jobs, projects going at once. So to just be at home, um, it wasn't enough. My husband and I would go to Willow Park and we would grab a basket and we would choose beer one at a time. Now I had never shopped for beer like that in my life. Um, really around that period of time, people thought of beer as they were kind of macrofied. So it was, oh, I'm going to grab a beer. It's going to be Molson. It's going to be Kokanee. It's got to be um, Keats, Coors Lights. Those were the beers. Now, the beers that I was grabbing were sours and IPAs and just a plethora of beer styles that no one was talking about. I didn't see any of these beers online. None of my friends had these at their house parties. No one was talking about them on Facebook. People were posting pictures of their breakfast. Why can't I take a picture of what I'm drinking? Yeah. Talk about that. And, um, you know, I wasn't really excited about what I was eating. No one wanted to see my bacon and eggs. But people started getting excited when I was posting pictures of IPAs from Phillips and Victoria. And these, you know, beers that tasted like coffee and chocolate, you know, from Toolshed. And it just kind of, it just went from there. Yeah, and that's, I, I remain thinking back uh, to 2011, and my wife and I went on a trip to San Francisco, and we went to a baseball game, and at that point, at the, at the fall of 2011, like, the only kind of um, unique beer you could get was a Bud Light Lime, yeah. and and you think about, like, how, yeah. how yeah, it was, it was huge, and people were like, oh, man, you got these Bud Light Limes, and that's how kind of um, spoon-fed we were, like, Bud Light was like, you will drink this swill water and mm -hmm. you're going to like it and you're going to buy lots of it. And then, you know, as you talk about into 2012 and 13, 14, um, it became okay to want more out of your beer than a, your dad's beer, your his Labatt's Light or Molson Canadian. Exactly. And there was all kinds of places to get it, but it can be really overwhelming. You talk about going into mm -hmm. these stores and picking them out one at a time. Like I've done that and it's like, you know, there's a hundred beer there and you just want to pick four that you aren't going to hate. Cause they're, you know, 15 bucks for four of them. And you just want some guidance with that. Right. I, I agree totally. And uh, one of my favorite stores, uh, it's one of the biggest So the wine and beyonds. They're huge. I don't know if you've been to a wine and beyond, but it's like the super store for booze. <laughs> yeah. It's the adult candy store. Uh, and, and you walk in and it's um, you know, they have them designed nicely, but there is just such there's so many different beer styles and there's beer from all over the world and it, it's hard people get overwhelmed when they're at the beer store and that's kind of my idea is to have a if you look search the hashtag maven's choice you'll see some of my favorite beers and rtd so ready to drink cocktails and that's kind of my idea is when you walk into the liquor store and you can see these little tabs of maven's choice okay i know that there's maven's choice these are the three ipas let me go for them um, because it's just it's easier when there's someone like me who's had two or three thousand different beers. I can kind of guide you with what you maybe want to try because of your favorite flavor flavors of um, do you love coffee? Do you love chocolate? What's your favorite food to eat? I can pair that easily. It's just something that comes normal for me. But when you walk in, it's overwhelming. You're really not sure what to grab. And it's a lot easier if you're starting out by grabbing a four pack or grabbing a single can. And I love when stores bring in single cans. I wish they did more of it because you're right. Maybe someone getting into sours, they're grabbing a six pack. Yikes, it's not gonna be their favorite thing. And then what are you gonna do with those five beer? Give them to right. me. 
give them to me. <laughs> so, but it had to have been intimidating for you at some point to to embark upon this. I mean, it takes more than just a love of beer for this to be something that you can, you know, do and be good at and catalog, you know, this is what the hazy IPAs look like. And this is what the Gulch or whatever, you know, all these different things. Like you have to have a little bit of a gift for that. You, you, you do. Um, I find, so I'm a country girl. I was born and raised, you know, in PEI kind of running barefoot climbing trees and I'm a gardener and I have a love for farmers. And the thing that really got me into craft beer was when I was a kid, I would sneak sips of my old man's Keats. Now, by the time I was sneaking sips, it was warm and there was an inch left in the bottom. I don't know if you remember that inch of a, of a macro when it's warm in that taste. Okay, mm -hmm. that's, that's what I was getting. Now, the coolest thing about craft beer is it tastes good at any temperature. And that kind of started getting the geek in me going because I would grab a beer. I didn't want to wait for it to be cold and I would drink it. And I thought, oh my gosh, this tastes fantastic. It's room temperature. It's 12, 13 degrees. And it's because they're using local ingredients it's because they're using three and four ingredients at a time. You know, they're smaller batches. It's just the flavors that are in the craft beer and the quality and they're working with local farmers. That's what really started getting me interested. I wanted to try the next style. Okay, so like I was working my way through the BJCP, which is the um, Beer Judge Certificate Program. And in the BJCP Gord, they have a listing of all the different beer styles. So I kind of worked my way. I wanted to try as many of the styles as I could. And that's how I got started in there's different carbonations, there's different colors, there's different flavors, there's different alcohol by volumes. To not get overwhelmed, I was just going through a style at a time. And that's something that I recommend for people too. And if you're just getting into craft beer, look, you don't have to start with a hazy Nipa. You don't have to start with a triple IPA or an imperial barrel aged narwhal stout, which is, by the way, one of my favorites. Uh, you know, go for a really well-made Pilsner. Go right. for a beautiful table beer. Go for something that's craft made but it's not going to scare you away that's not going to take over your palate with these crazy flavors which are fun well and that's that's part of you know you don't want to um depart on some of these journeys and stay right in the lane you were just in but it is important to, to understand that things can get pretty out there with these craft beers and you don't want to start off out there because before you know it you'll be drinking you know Pilsner from Lethbridge thinking that you're, you know, high, high styling because that's all your palate will allow you to drink. Right. Well, I had a, I was at beer fest recently Gord, and I had a lady and she came up to me and I was working at the red truck booth and red truck is craft brewing uh, from Vancouver. And they're really approachable, like easy drinking, even their IPA is like a probably a 45 or a 50 IBU. And um, which is a bitterness unit. Anyways, she came up and she says, I love Coors Light. I've been drinking Coors Light for 40 years. What are you going to give me? And I thought, this is fantastic. I'm going to pour the Red Truck Lager. It's won gold at Brewing Awards. It's easy drinking. It's approachable. I poured it for her. And she immediately said, this is way better than Coors Light. <laughs> and <laughs> the rep behind me almost lost his, like he started salivating. He was so excited. Yeah, yeah that's, uh, I mean, that's, every, I mean, there's no accounting for taste, obviously. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that I would I would think that would be the lowest bar you've had to hurdle over your time is to be better than Coors Light. Right. It's the easiest thing. And it was like, well, yes, it is. 
And and for me, it was like, well, yeah, duh, of course, it's better than Coors Light. Uh, but when you've been drinking the same beer forever in a day, and I love rural people. I'm a rural person. I love rural Alberta. I love just, you know, rural in general and, and country people. And it's like pushing their palate is so much fun. I love working with groups of farmers because like I drink Pilsner. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to make you try a sour and a strawberry lager and a stout. And you just these flavors that are out there. When someone says, I don't drink beer, I don't like the way it tastes. That's like saying, I don't like sandwiches. Well, you yeah. might want to make a tuna sandwich, but you might love a grilled cheese or a toasted tomato. Like there's beer doesn't have a flavor. Beer styles are so um, pronounced with the different flavor components and characteristics of flavors. It's just phenomenal. I will find a beer for every person, even people that say I hate beer. I love it. Bring it on. I'll give you one you'll love. You heard it here first, folks, on the second act. <laughs> So, um, so you've got this passion, obviously, and uh, you, you, it sounds like you had a fairly reasonable understanding of kind of how you were going to attack this. It wasn't like you just woke up one day and was like, man, I like lots of beer. I'm going to create this, you know, avenue for, for my abilities. Um, and, and I see your, uh, your online presence and stuff like that. And it, and it is um, curated, right? Like you're, you're very, uh, the, deliberate in, 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 from what I've can see about how, what you put out there and how you present. Um, was that something that you, that also came instinctual to you or did you kind of have some trial and error about how you're going to, you know, the, this, this big personality, this beautiful red head, you know, you have a very distinct look. Um, it, you can't, you can't just throw that out there and hope it lands. You have to be very deliberate, right? Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. Okay. I had no idea. And, and it's not like it fell. Like it, it, it was a lot of work. But when you're doing something that you love, you're not thinking about what you're doing. You're just doing it. And and for me, um, taking pictures and writing, I was um, to my own horn, horn a little bit. I was an honor student for in England, LA, and I love to write. I'll write stories and poems and essays all day long. It's something I love to do. So for me to start writing and start putting my writing about beer out there, I was lucky. I had um, some magazines that picked it up right away, and and it was just getting the information out there. And for me, it's just practice. Practice makes perfect. And I love the saying, "Fake it till you make it." man, I faked it till I made it all day long, Gord. And I did it with a smile. Yeah. So it's helpful. <laughs> well, and, and having a little bit of positive reinforcement at the beginning, I mean, for some, especially for something like that, where you're like, I think I can be good at this. And then to get a little positive reinforcement, like, man, then mm -hmm. after that, all bets are off, right? You can go and try all these different things and do, and, and there's no real playbook for something like this either. You're kind of writing it. Well, yeah, and I appreciate that. And um, I, I, I'm pretty sure I was the first female beer blogger in the province. And it was not that like, I set out to 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 break the glass ceiling or or to just do something that no one else was doing. I'm just here drinking beer and I want to tell people about it. I love beer. I love taking pictures. I love writing. I love being outside. So here I am taking pictures of this beer on a farmer's fence and I'm sending, like I'm putting it on the internet and the feedback I started getting was really cool. And people wanted to know more about these beers and how these different flavors like coffee and chocolate and what do you mean there's strawberry in it. And so I just started to really hone um, my knowledge. I thought to myself, if people are coming to me 
looking for knowledge and education about beer, man, I really need to know what I'm talking about. And if I don't know, I will say, you know what, I don't know, I'll look into it and get back to you. But if I'm going to be a quote unquote, and I don't consider myself an expert at all board, I'm passionate about what I do. And I do have some some educational background. So I went through the sister own process. And I just got the first level because for me, that was enough. Um, and I started going through the BJC, which is the beer judge program. And I wanted to have that level of background. But now that I've been doing it since about 2014 for quite some time, my knowledge is there, my love is there, my passion is there. And now I can share it with people because I really feel like I know what I'm talking about. But I had to start off from a knowledge base. And there was a lot of days of just me and a book and a highlighter. So you mentioned the Cicerone and I, I see that it's a, a certified beer serving mm-hmm. um, designation or whatever yeah. acknowledgement. Um, and and that has a different kind of connotation to like an actual the BJC that you're talking about where like the you know I'm trying to compare it to like a sommelier or something like that like yeah. something that people might un- so what is the difference between like the server connotation is like you're 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 getting somebody who's being taught how to serve these beer pour them in the correct cup proper amount is that more what that is or is it actually about the how you brew it and how these different ingredients yeah, change it, it i feel like it's a poor name i don't feel like it should be called the beer server because okay the, the level one cicerone is everything so it was very detailed and it was a lot of it was about the brewing techniques and the temperatures and the chemistry component and the yeast and it was it was really in-depth Like um, I would consider a lot of the information for the level one would be if I'm at old and I'm going through the brewing program, a lot of that information was on there. Not really what I was looking to get into, which is why I kind of went more towards the um, BJCP because I was doing beer judging at the time. I really want to know a lot about the different styles of beer. Why is this beer darker than that beer? What are the flavors of the different malts and the hops? And how does that come into each style? I want to learn about the history of beer because I'm a little bit of a history geek. So I really created my own education and I thought, well, I'll just get this level one under my belt. And and that was that was enough for me. Um, And then I wanted to start into the BJC program. And I thought, you know what? I've learned enough and I have enough resources gathered around me that um, I can, can just kind of do my own thing. Yeah. So that, uh, that naming, um, convention does not belie the fact that there'd be a bunch of chemistry and that kind of stuff involved no. in it. Right. Like it just, that's not what I took from that. No. So, so you're, you're doing all these, you know, this learning and you're kind of getting yourself into a position where, you know, if, if someone says, oh yeah, what gives you the right, you can be like, these, these things give me the right. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm learned about these things. Um, does that ever end though? Like, I, I feel like you're constantly going to have to be evolving because the brewing tactics are changing and people are doing different things all the time with their beer. A hundred percent. No, I, I mean, you never stop learning in life, right? We're always a student of life until the day we die. And the same thing I find with any career, you're always learning an accountant, a lawyer, a police officer, they always have to update the credentials and learn the next new thing. And, and in the beer market, I always I'm really excited to learn what's the newest beer style, what is being um, 
what's that twist that's coming off? Like lambics, for instance, sours have been crazy over the last few years in North America. A lot of people are thinking it's a new beer style, but they originated back in Belgium in what, the 11th or 12th century. So the lambics were something that have been around for a really long time. We're kind of playing off the brewing and the yeast profile by creating kettle sours and whatnot. But that's where I started learning about the nuances of each beer style, even an IPA. A lot of people were thinking of an IPA as, oh, well, that's a Keith's. Well, not really. A Keith's really drinks more like a session ale, whereas an IPA has that distinct bitterness, that hop pronounced to it. But even in a simple IPA, you could get oh my God, a hundred different styles, right? There's the Nipahs, which you were talking about earlier, those juicy, beautiful, bright orange. It's like you're, it's like an orange mimosa. And then there's the double IPAs, which are like a punch in the face of hops. One of the best breweries, I believe in Canada for hops, I kind of crowned them the king of hops is Phillips in Victoria. So when I was first starting out, you know, I, I went to Victoria and I went to Phillips and I was like, show me everything. <laughs> Let, they let me try all the beer. They gave me a tour of everything and they were just beautiful uh, to work with. But um, it, it's a fun world. And I really find people love hops or they hate them. So I'm interested to find where are you, where do you lie in that? I'm so if I go to Phillips, I'm a blue buck. Guy. Okay, you do. So that's my Phillips beer. Just to, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's actually I'm, you know, my wife enjoys beer. She's like she the to go sit somewhere and get a flight and and taste mm -hmm. taste and sip and that's her idea of a good time whereas i'm like uh, that one looks like the one i like i can you know borderline see through it um that's the one i want and i'll just take those until everyone's ready to leave but i feel like um there's so many so much variety out there so many different um kinds within the style that mm -hmm. you know if you're adventurous at all and you can articulate the things that you like or don't like about a beer, um, you, you kind of, there's, there's no end to what you can do with it. You can just keep mixing and twisting and turning until you find that exact, the one, but then there's no reason to stop there. You know what I'm saying? No, there's not. And, and, and for instance, breweries do the same thing. So my friends over in the up North in the Yukon brewing, they're not a big fan of hops either. Those the brewmasters that work at Yukon Brewing and the owners they love malts. So if you are not a hop fan, um, I would recommend Yukon Brewing for you because they beautifully play with malts. Like oh my gosh, some of their coffee and chocolate beers are just phenomenal. Midnight Stout and or by I think it's called Midnight Sun. So breweries do the same thing. So when you kind of find where you sit for like your your flavors and what you love it you know push yourself still still I think I still think you should push yourself I still think that okay you think you don't like hops but let me just try a session right a sessionable IPA with you let me just try a little juicy nipa so you're getting more of the citrus component and less of those bitter hops but when you find what you love you can find a brewery that's usually local that is doing the same thing that you love whether it's a hop forward or a malt forward or a ABV, there's some breweries in town that love high ABV. Yeah. <laughs> Are crazy stuff. Like, look at this one. So I am drinking a lime green beer. I want to show you the color. I'm going to pour this beer. Okay. Can you see that color? It looks like 
like a, a cauldron on uh, Inspector <laughs> Gadget. That's the color green that it is. It's such a beautiful green. So now that this beer is called Green Demon, and this is a blue raspberry lemonade sour. And this uh, this beer was made here in town by our, my friends at New Level Brewing. Mm -hmm. And New Level is really fun. They they have fun there, and they are known for their funky sours. And this beer tastes like candy. When I was a kid, I loved going to the candy store and getting a little brown bag of sour candy. And that's what sour beers remind me of. So if you loved sour candy when you were a kid, you really should try some sour ales. Yeah, and we do like in the summertime that the sour beers are like the the right, you know, um, they, they're like they're thirst quenching. You, you can drink one. They you, you, you're you not pounding it because it's mm -hmm. usually a fairly aggressive taste, but you drink yeah. it, you enjoy it, it. It does the thing that a liquid is supposed to do in the summer. And that's what we find when we really get into the sours is uh, is in the summer, like when we're on the boat or just getting off the boat. Like, of course, no one. Um, consumes liquor and then operates a motor vehicle because that's against the law. So <laughs> of course, of course, but so I want to talk a little bit about the experience of, of the beer Maven. If, if somebody were celebrating a, an anniversary or a birthday or through a work function or something like that, and they phoned you and said, you know, Sandra, we want to do, uh, we got eight people. Uh, we're doing this event. Um, you know, where do like what is that do i have to tell you what kind of beer we like do you ask mm -hmm. some questions or, or is this like a blank canvas and it can go in any direction that kind of the collaboration takes it yes yes and yes uh so for instance i have one this weekend i'm going out to Springbank. uh this wonderful mother hired me for her son's 30th birthday party and it's going to be exciting and my first question to her was does he drink craft beer and if he does what are his favorite styles so he really loves hops. So he's into IPAs, which is great. Now, am I going to serve him, you know, six different kinds of IPAs? Absolutely not. I'm going to serve him one. So what I'm going to do is I get to know the people and I get to know what they love. Um, I can gear the party towards anything. I've done European tours of Europe tastings. I've done, you know, tours of Canada from the East Coast all the way across to the West. But for this one, what I'm going to do is I'm going to central it around his favorite um, IPA, find something local that's really insane, but I'm going to push on both sides of the gambit. So the IPA is in the middle, but you never start with that because that flavor profile is going to cover your palate. So we're going to, I'm going to start with something lighter. I'm probably going to start with something like a coffee lager. One of my favorite beer, beer styles, breweries don't make it enough. Drumheller has an insane coffee lager. And it's like a mind mess up because it's a color of a lager and it smells and tastes like coffee. It's divine. So we'll start somewhere around there. We'll go into a sour. Then I might try a mead because I want to try something that's not just a beer. Um, sometimes there's people who aren't big fans of beers or maybe they you know, are celiac, they're gluten-free. So I like to have something in there that can involve every single person. We'll do an Alberta mead, maybe a fallen timber. They're fantastic. Um, and then we'll get into the hops. And then I'm gonna finish off with a dessert round. So for me, the dessert round is usually chocolate or strawberries. I love Fruly, it's a beautiful beer. It's you know made from a 300 year old recipe in Belgium. Um, Belgium. By the way, that's a great beer to start for ladies who say, I only drink wine, I don't like beer. Well, I'll take a Prosecco and I'll pour a little bit of the Fruly in it. 
well now you have a strawberry beer cocktail it's delicious there you, <laughs> there you go so i and then i'll talk to the um people that are hiring me about what they're serving for food because i love pairing food with beer because you can get the best out of what you're eating for the flavors and the best out of what you're drinking by the right pairing yeah, and I, I've noticed that with wine is always the focus, right? They want to make sure the wine pairing is exactly right. But mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, because uh, I prefer beer to wine, yes. um, if somebody puts a little bit of effort into a beer, and not just a table beer, um, it's like, to your point, the, the spices or the flavor profile of the gravy or something, it's like, mm -hmm. man, this actually works really well together. And it's just like a wine. It's but it's beer. Exactly. One of my favorite things to do is grilling. Um, no one in my house is allowed to touch my grill. That's mom. That's mama's grill. And I love grilling. I'll, I'll grill everything, but I really love to grill um, Alberta beef. I mean, it's fantastic. So I get a really nice slice of Alberta beef. Um, I'll get a beautiful steak and I'm going to grill it. And if I'm putting a spicy barbecue sauce, which I normally do, my husband loves spice, so I'm going to pair it with a really hoppy IPA for him or a, a beer that has a ton of hop in it, because when you're pairing spicy food with hops, it's increasing the heat component, like muy caliente. So that beer is going to be even hoppier and that spicy food is going to be even spicier. For myself, I want to tone the heat. So when I'm grilling, I'm going to grill with maybe a nice, beautiful uh, maple beer or sorry, a maple syrup based um sauce and then i want something malty i'll probably pair mine with a porter or a beautiful brown ale because i want to just tone down that spice a little bit but you're right when you're pairing the right food with the right drink it can be a really fun thing to do and and really blow people's mind when you're having them over because no we're not pairing red wine and white wine with a steak dinner we're going to pair a bunch of local beers and it's really fun especially on the grill and that like the the advent of grill like you know barbecue joints and the grilling like you know with smokers being readily available for at, at home use and and it's not you know growing up in saskatchewan um like it was like the, the local co-op grill that the burner burnt out every five <laughs> to seven years and that was when it the rest of it was garbage too and now you go to people's houses it's not uncommon to see a ten thousand dollar grilling setup you know, a high-end Weber, Napoleon, whatever. And people are really, you know, putting a lot of effort into that. And then, and then they're standing there with a Bud Light or Wilson yes. Canadian. And it's like, you know, so for you to come in and, and it sounds like, like when you go somewhere, you don't just take like the six beer you're thinking, like you have, and you're seeing reactions and what people are like, you have all this mm -hmm. stuff. So you're really able to, you know, blow people's minds with what you're able to come up with. I, 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 yeah, I, I feel, I like to think so. And, and that's the, the feedback I'm getting. I did a tasting for a pilot for his, uh, I believe it was, it was a birthday for him. And um, he had a packed house and the most of the people that were there couldn't believe the flavors that were coming out of beer, right? Still yeah. it's 2022. I mean, you go to the store and you know, there's a thousand different styles, but it's, there's so many different flavors that you can pull out of that and, and with the right food. So when I do my tasting, it's, I'm not just bringing the six beer that I'm going to do. I'm bringing hops with me and different kinds of malt so that you can see them and taste them. And I'm bringing just a plethora of different things with me so that people can really get a feel for the craft beer world and how exciting it is and how much fun it can be. 
So you're a beer educator, a beer maven, a beer connoisseur, a beer expert, mm. grilling expert. You're you really uh, the beer maven is is really not doing justice to what you're trying to bring to people's <laughs> lives. Well, I appreciate that. And I'll tell you, the reason I chose beer maven is because a maven is someone who has a wealth of knowledge in a certain area and enjoys sharing that knowledge with others. And that's what I do. So was that, um, did that come, like, did you do this for a period of time just as yourself and then fell into AKA or how did that come about? <laughs> oh, a little bit. Um, I decided that I'm being on social media. I needed a moniker. I needed a name and I just being Sandra Baker was kind of boring. Uh, so I decided I would sit down and do some research and put some thought into it and came up with the beer maven. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, and it did like it, I, when I saw you on Twitter, um, I, the beer maven, it was like, it jumped out. It was like, I had to click on it. Um, the big picture of this woman holding, you know, your fiery red hair, holding a beer. Yeah. I think it's a yellow dress. Like it's eye catching. Yeah. And then once you scrolled through all the Calgary flame stuff, which we, we can forgive you. I mean, you can't make all great decisions. Um, go Oilers. I'm a fan since grade three on PEI. Yeah. <laughs> um, there was a lot of like really cool, interesting, like you're, you're around the things that are happening in Calgary. You're, you know, there to your point, you're uh, rural. I've seen one photo um, out at Aspen crossing, which, you know, my family's familiar with. We we're out towards that way. And I, you know, if you're around Calgary and you know, these places um, it's, you're local, right? You're, you're in our community. You're this person mm -hmm. who's there, this beer maven, like, Oh, I'm going to go to beer fest. And I might see that girl from Instagram or Twitter or, or whatever. Right. It's really fun. I was just in Banff and I had this lady run up to me. It's the beer maven. Hi, my name's Susan. You don't know me, but I just love, yeah. I love beer because of you. Thank you. <laughs> I love, uh, I love the qualifier that you don't know. It's like, you know, when somebody says I'm not a doctor, it's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. But uh, thank you. I appreciate you coming up, ma'am. It's, it's great that you could share that with yeah. me. Yeah. And that's got to be really gratifying too. something like that. I mean, obviously it, you're, you're a private person so you want some of that but it's nice when all your work does go noticed yeah i really appreciate that i love when people come up to me and they they recognize me and they want to just talk about beer and I, I i love it i was out at one of my favorite distilleries romero in town enjoying some of their rum so good and um i had a group of, of gentlemen come up to me and they said oh it's a beer maven it's so exciting you're here it's my birthday and we started talking and i says well what do you do and he says well i'm a i'm a john deere rep I said, shut your mouth. I've been trying to get a John Deere ball cap for four years, just the green and yellow with the curved cap, none of this flat brim. I'm not 25. And he goes, Let, give me a second. He goes out his truck and brings me a John Deere. I was like, life is good. There you go. Right. It's all worth it all of a sudden. 100%. <laughs> so I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. And, um, I'm, you know, for, for something like what you do, people are, going to constantly be asking you like what's your favorite and I, I think I kind of understand that that depends on the day and the weather and what you're eating and you know all the other things that go into it but if you were going to you know take somebody who is a beer lover mm -hmm. you know enjoys beer takes it or leaves it and somebody who says I don't drink beer and you have you know two of the each of those people so you have six people what are you, where are you taking them or what are you putting on, on the menu that night to satisfy those three people? Well, I think the first thing I'm going to do is I actually, I might get some flack for this, 
but I wouldn't take them to a brewery right away. I would go to a local brew pub that has a lot of different craft beers on tap because that way we can try a lot of the different local breweries and some of their the fun styles from each one. So I think that's a great place to start is, and I've done this before, I've partnered up with local pubs and I have a lot of the different beers on tap that is being featured, or I just have people over to my house or I go to their house and I'll, I always bring beer. I'm, I'm everyone's favorite friend and favorite neighbor because I always have beer in my Jeep and beer with me. I'm like, here, try this, try this, try. I'm always like, I'm a beer pusher. Yeah. So I, I think to, to your answer, Gord, I think there's a lot of different answers, but I think a really great thing is let's go to a pub, let's have a beer and let's talk about beer and let's try maybe three or four and do a flight from the different breweries around because there are so many different breweries. I really think that we're up to par with BC now for the amount of breweries that we have and just the fun, um, the Barley Belt and the downtown core and all these different, you know, you go out to um where was I driving the other day? Just some random area. And I look and I was like, oh, there's three and four breweries around me. It's, it's just some um, area outside of town in the north. It's just, it's a really cool, fun place to be right now in Calgary. We have a lot going on. Random beer tours. I wrote an article um, for Tourism Leftbridge about taking a detour, a beer detour. Go off the beaten path, get out of the city, you know, go to Fort McLeod, go to Stronghold, go to Mc um, down, uh, down south to Lethbridge. There are just so many breweries that you can visit in your lifetime. I don't know if you'd be able to get to all of them, but give them a chance. And, and being able to visit these breweries, it's putting money back into our economy. It's putting money back in the pockets of moms and dads and teachers and just local people instead. And it's, it's okay to drink macro. I had a Corona the other day and I loved it every now and then I want to Keith's cause I miss back home, but um, which is not the best beer from back home, by the way. But it's okay. It's okay to drink macro. It's okay to drink craft. Drink what, what you love. But it's also really fun to put yourself out there and grab something you might not always grab because you never know when you're going to find your new favorite beer or your new favorite drink. So what does a brewery have to do with all this plethora of beer breweries out there? What do they have to do to make themselves different? And I don't. I don't mean like advertising or spokesman or you know what i mean like there's always somebody that can you know hire a, spend some money and get you know brent butt or insert canadian icon here yeah, yeah. But, but i'm talking like to get somebody like your attention to say these guys are doing something different they're doing something fun and you need to go and check them out well my my answer might be a little bit boring, Gord. My favorite thing I, and I tell people when they're starting out with a brewery is get your flagship beer. And a lot of that time, the flagships are the money makers. If you can make a really good Pilsner, if you can make a really good lager and a really good IPA, I want to come to your brewery because do you know how hard it is to hide a flaw in a Pilsner or in a lager or in a clean IPA, those brewmasters need to have their style perfected. They need to know what they're doing. I don't want to taste a beer that tastes different the next one and different the next one and different the next one. I want to taste a beer from someone who knows what they're doing and they have some experience. So find out what your flagships are. Find out what your branding is going to be. Tell people your story because I'm going to drink your beer if I fall in love with you. If you're a jerk and your beer's amazing, I don't care. I'm not going to drink it. I want good people making good beer at the end of the day. And when those two come together, there's nothing that's going to stop you. But start start basic and don't um, be afraid to start with something clean and easy. I suppose there's enough good beer out there that you don't have to put up with 
um, to your point, a jerk to drink good beer. You can just go find a person who's a good person and also makes good beer. Exactly. Exactly. I've had a, yeah, well, I've got some good stories, but <laughs> I've had some good beer that I said, no, thanks. <laughs> and I've had some beer made by really nice people that I've also said, no, thank you. Now that's my one thing. I'll never say anything bad about a brewery or a brewmaster or anyone. I just won't work with them because if I'm recommending it and if I'm doing a, like a hashtag, the beer maven or hashtag maven's choice, I have to love it. And I have to put my hard earned money to going to the store to buying it. Otherwise I'm not going to recommend it. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, you know, in order for what you're doing to work, people have to believe that Maven's Choice isn't influenced by a check from a brewery. It's influenced no. by what they're going to get, right? You could give me all the money in the world. If I don't like your beer, it doesn't matter. It's not happening. Well, and that's, I think that's something that the people have to understand when they're, you know, I mean, it's when they're reaching out to you to come and, and curate a 30th birthday or, they're going to, you know, do something based off of your recommendation and spend, to your point, their hard-earned money. They have to believe in it or else none of this means anything, right? Yeah, exactly. And you know what? You're not going to like every beer I choose for you. That's okay, but you will find a few that you will absolutely blow your mind. And that's what I'm there for. Yeah, I think anyone who comes into it and says, well, I'm just going to pay this lady or, or listen to this lady and never miss a beat is kind of missing the point on what <laughs> what we're trying to do here is just get people to try different kinds of beers and like you said push their envelope a little bit yeah have fun with it i mean really at the end of the day it's beer it's nothing serious we like and i love being able to say let's have a beer and and the fact now that there are really good alcohol free beers i love that because like i have a fridge of um actually right here zero zero people skills from from tool shed like and also there's a local um company oh gosh i can't think of it now but there are so many good beer out there that don't have alcohol so for people that are on that journey good for you high five that's amazing but you can also have the taste of a good beer too um, that doesn't have that alcohol in it so it's not just all about hey let's have a drink with booze in it we can have a beer the same as we're having a coffee but it's all about conversation and great people and getting together and supporting our local economy and those hardworking farmers and brewmasters that are out there doing this stuff for us. Yeah, I, uh, I actually, around Christmas, I, I did a little bit of a collaboration with uh, Blind Man and Cilantro and Shrive up in Lacombe. Oh, I their... need to go there. I love their Instagram. I quite yeah. pounds just by looking at their Instagram, the Cilantro and Shrive. Yeah, it's it was pretty good. They've uh, they created uh, Stigma eighty six, which is a uh, an awareness thing for people in the restaurant industry industry over COVID, and they created a um, a couple of alcohol free uh, beverages to to try. And we talked to uh, to the guys about um, Matt and Riley about what what went into that and what they were doing, and and it was to the point that not everything has to be five percent alcohol. It can no. be refreshing and delicious and all the things that you want and still be alcohol free to to keep the party going for for people that can't uh can't enjoy alcohol for for whatever reason right yeah absolutely and even the low alcohol beers those shandies those two and a half percents those are beautiful there are some really good brews out there the gosas you know that low alcohol that you can really enjoy during the day um and if you like the other end of the spectrum there's something for everyone like for instance i've got one in front of me it's a barrel-aged imperial stout. It's one of my favorites from Sierra Nevada, and it's called Narwhal. So it's it's a barrel-aged. It's got flavors of bourbon and all this, and, well, it's 11 and a half. 
it just sounds like something that you'd have to chew the last half of the can to me. No, it's not. And people get scared of dark beers because they're like, oh, it's going to be so heavy on my stomach. Actually, a lot of the dark beers, they're really easy and approachable. And think of think of like a coffee with a little hint of dark chocolate to it. And some of dark stouts are Irish or dry Irish, and they're really clean. And when you swallow, there's nothing left on your palate. It's really easy drinking. So don't be scared of the dark side. Don't be scared of the dark side. That'll be the tagline. So I want to be uh, cognizant of your time. You've already spent, uh, you know, 45 plus minutes with us. And and I and I think we could talk about beer for 45 more pretty easy. Easy. Uh, but I do want to ask you, and I, I kind of like to to ask everybody that appears on the pod with us, um, what 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 does success look like in this kind of endeavor? And does it look anything like you thought it was going to when you started out? Mm. I don't think I was thinking about success when I first started. I was just thinking about doing what I loved and having fun. And honestly, that's still what I'm thinking about today. And if I have some successes from that, I think that's really cool for me to love what I'm doing and to look at the clock and think, oh my gosh, it's been six hours and I'm talking to people about beer. Or I'm up on stage and there's a thousand people and it doesn't bother me at all. I think success for me personally it's not really the financial aspect of it, Gord. It's more so, do I love what I'm doing? Do I smile? Do I get up and I think, oh my gosh, I can't wait to go write this article and to talk about this beer. I can't wait for this next adventure that I'm doing. And it's just always having a smile on my face and being happy and loving what I'm doing. Every, every single day, I'm happy and I absolutely love it. And I can't imagine not being the beer maven and i hope that i'm 55 and 65 and i'm still out there doing this so like we said earlier uh this one was a lot more fun a lot lighter and and it was just interesting to talk to somebody who's got something so interesting going on as one of her you know many jobs that she talks about and it's super fun to to sit back and think about how you can make a little side money and, and have a little bit of fun doing something that is kind of as all-encompassing as beer tasting, you know, with the advent of craft breweries. People are doing some amazing things. And it's kind of daunting to go in and decide what you're going to buy. You know, these these cans of beer are, aren't cheap and you want to make sure you're getting something that you like. And especially with somebody like Sandra, she can come and dial you right into what you like, push your envelope in the right direction, see kind of what you want to experiment with and, and do. And try something just outside of your comfort zone that you may love, you know, and that's what all these craft breweries are trying to do. They're just trying to find that thing that really speaks to you. And Sandra's there to be your tour guide. Another great episode. Having so much fun doing this. Uh, Liam's really coming a long ways. He does some pretty incredible uh, note taking on as he reads these and we, we sort through and, and suss the details about what we're going to include. Um, you know, the summer's coming. We're uh, kind of in that mode where we're, we're trying to get a few in the bank so that we can uh, take a week off here and there. So we're, you know, these, these intros and outros might not be as current, but we're working really hard to keep interesting stories coming. There's no shortage of them out there. And we're just so happy to be able to bring you along for the ride. So like we always say, there's no wrong answers. There's no test at the end. So make the most out of every day. The Second Act Podcast would like to thank Ben Sound for the intro and outro music. Happy Rock. That is www.bensound.com. We'd also like to thank Chin Whiskers for the promotional consideration. You can find them at your local Tommy Guns, Original Barbershop, Amazon, or chinwhiskers.ca. And we would also like to thank you for listening. Test the microphone. No mmm noise.